because maintenance is very new territory for most people, Christy. If they spend any time there, it's briefly, I mean, maybe a couple of years, but typically there's people in the program who've been heavy their whole lives, as long as they can remember. Maintenance is brand new territory, and that is freaky. That is freaky. It's it's like being dumped in a, a new country or something where you don't know the language and you don't know the customs and you're, what is going on here? I'm Christy Code Red, and you're listening to Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle, where we believe food holds the power to heal or poison, and we believe our society has been misled regarding proper nutrition and weight loss. You're in the right place if you're looking for some straight up truth, because I'm here to shed light on the lies and brainwashing that has taken place over the past five decades. Thanks so much for listening. Welcome back to another episode of Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle. I'm your host, Christy Code Red, author, entrepreneur, retired professional boxer. Thank you for being here. I know that a lot of people say, oh, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for sharing. But truly, do you feel that when you hear that from these people? I hope when you hear that from me, that you really do know how much I appreciate it. Because without you listening, subscribing, sharing, rating, review, all that stuff, we wouldn't have one of the top rated podcasts in the United States. And we do. Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle is one of the best. And I think it's because of our authenticity. And it's because we're raw and real. And we come to you with real life. Nobody's trying to be filtered, photoshopped and fake. I hate that. If you watched me on Instagram, you know, I hate that. I don't, I'm not hiding anything from you. So today I've got a good, I've got an exciting subject because, and and I'm just going to spoiler alert. This podcast is called four years later. Spoiler alert. Yes. Andrea has kept her weight off for four years. So, okay. We got that out of the way, but we don't have a weight loss problem in this country. We have a weight regain problem in this country. And that's why this is so significant. How in the world has Andrea been able to keep her weight off for four years after losing 28 pounds in in five five and a half weeks? So I'm going to let Andrea introduce herself because I'll screw it up. Look, Andrea is a Code Red certified coach. Andrea does the copywriting for Code Red. I mean, you know, there's a lot of things that she does, but I'm going to let her give you her intro so I don't F it up. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Christy. I'm so excited to be here to talk about. Hello, everyone. My name is Andrea Dell. I'm the secret weapon of high-octane women entrepreneurs who need relationship-building, income-producing, written content, don't have the time to do it themselves. That's one thing I do. The other thing I do is, yes, I lost 28 pounds in less than two months on the Code Red lifestyle, and I've kept it off for four years now. I'm a full-time entrepreneur, freelance copywriter, on staff with Christy as her copywriter, and, of course, a Code Red certified coach. And let's dive in, Christy. I am so excited to talk about this and prove how sustainable Code Red is. Well, there you go. And I've used Andrea for examples in a couple of my different presentations about how changing her life on Code Red, and this is a different podcast for a different day, but changing her life on Code Red, just getting her diet lined out and losing the weight actually leveled up every single area of her life and changed every single area of her life. But before all that happened, take us back four plus years ago and paint a picture for us, Andrea, of what life was like before Code Red. 
So before I discovered the Code Red lifestyle, I worked a job that was part-time and kind of full-time sometimes, and life was okay. I mean, it, it wasn't horrible. I wasn't in an abusive relationship, or I didn't have terrible things going on at that time, but it was just kind of, I was definitely firmly mired in the comfort zone, settling, terrified to to go out and really put myself out there. And it just wasn't really living. And I was starting to feel that, Christy, after the end of, let's see, that would have been the end of 2016. I was starting to feel that. Some things had happened. I was starting to feel a little bit. I'm starting to get ready for more here, but what do I even do? And so that's where I was. And I did have a weight problem. And I tried exercise. I tried different ways of eating and all these different things that you're supposed to do. Exercise is my big one, Christy. That was the one that (laughs) even after I had that health scare in 2012 that nutrition solved, I was still fat. And so I just kept working out because it's good for you, but it wasn't helping me with the weight. So that's where I was just kind of stuck and not really knowing what to do about it and in my weight and also in my life. It was very frustrating and and gnawing at me and driving me a little crazy. And you felt a stirring in your spirit. You felt the inner Andrea say, hey, there is something more for you, but you didn't have the confidence. You didn't have the, you were pretty afraid to take a step. You don't even know which direction to take a step in until that the, what wasn't called unstoppable influence. What the heck did Natasha call that conference that you and I went to? The summit. The The summit. summit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Natasha Mm -hmm. summit. I think it was 2018. No, 2017. Yep. And so I think Andrew, you met me anyway, you'd kind of, you decided to to dabble. You decided to kind of do a challenge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I discovered the challenge when you actually came in, I worked at the local paper in Orfino and you came in for an interview. And that's when I, and I remembered you from high school. We weren't friends or anything. You were a senior when I was a freshman. So there wasn't even a lot of overlap, but I remembered you because you sang at a couple of these school concerts. And I just remembered you for some reason. And so when you came in, I recognized you and with the mohawk, because last time I saw you you had long wavy brown hair, but still, there's still no mistaking. And so I read the article that our reporter did and learned about the lifestyle and it really resonated with me. Real food, water, sleep. And I was especially intrigued, as you can imagine, by exercise not being a way to address a weight problem. I went, huh, maybe that is where I've been putting my focus in the, the wrong place with this. So I joined a challenge lost a few pounds on the challenge, wanted to lose more, wanted to get the weight off. So I got a custom program at that point. And that's how I lost the remaining 28 pounds in less than two months. And the, and it kind of went coincide, coincided. This is why you guys were such a big fan of Natasha and Rich Hazlett and their unstoppable influence program of helping you find your voice. Because when Andrea was taking her life back with code red, she was also entering into Natasha's coaching program to take, to uh, find her voice. And so as she was taking control of her health, she was finding her voice and they just meshed. They came together and it was incredible. And you had You took a couple of big leaps, a couple of big financial leaps in order to join Natasha's program. So, and you've, so really you've taken a lot of leaps this last, these last four years. 
Yes, you ain't kidding. Well, two weeks into my custom program, I was unexpectedly let go from my job. So people who've been going through that at the time of this live recording, I relate. It's shocking. And it's just what happens sometimes. And we find a way forward. And that's what I did. I decided I didn't want to have a nine to five job and be feel stuck like that again. Nope, nope, nope. So as it was pretty unpleasant at the time, because it, it just, I'd never been through anything quite like that. However, it was the kick in the butt I needed. It was definitely a blessing. And so I spent a few months in between then and Natasha's summits, just trying to figure out what I wanted to do and pouring into Code Red. That was really my lifeline at that point. I dove in and dug into my program rather than abandoned. It just, it flipped a switch that I was tired of feeling like a failure and I'm going to do this. And so the opportunity for Natasha's summit came up and I was super intrigued. I knew she was your business coach and I'd seen the results she and Rich had helped you get. And so I just, it took a couple nudges from outside myself, but not much. I was this close to going. So even though I was living off savings and they were dwindling and I had to spend money for the gas and the ticket and all this stuff, took those financial risks, went down to the summit. And then Natasha introduced her year long coaching program and I wanted it. The problem was it was five figures and it's for, for that kind of access to her. I mean, it's amazing. It's so worth it. But again, I was unemployed living off savings. It was more money than I had in savings at that time. And it was a huge risk. And I was actually on the way out, Christy. I was so used to listening to that fearful comfort zone voice that's just trying to keep you where you are. It, it means well, it's trying to keep you safe, but it also holds you back if you let it. So I left and you were at that summit. Yes. And I code red rebel drinking a gallon of water. I was at goal weight at this time, by the way, went to the bathroom and you happened to be in the bathroom, Christy. And so when you just walked up to the sink, I still remember it. You were in an orange dress. You walked up to the sink and just started talking to me oh, okay, this is cool. And so and then we left the bathroom. And I remember you asked me, so are you tempted? And you were talking about cheat foods and, and things like that, you know, reintroducing foods and maintenance. Was I tempted by some of the old stuff? And that was the last thing on my mind, I gotta say. So, <laughs> so I told you, well, I'm thinking about it, but it's a lot of, I really don't remember what I said, but it was something about inner circle and you're all, oh, this sounds a lot, very interesting. And so Basically, the next 10 to 15 minutes, you masterfully helped me convince myself <laughs> to go back into the summit room and talk to Natasha, because that was the last day I was leaving, and the summit would have been over, and I don't know what the heck I would have done. I, it's terrifying to even think about, but so I went back in there and had my Bambi on ice moment, I call it, where I timidly went over to Natasha. I was terrified. You would have thought, somebody was there with a lethal weapon pointed at me. It, it's just so funny in hindsight, but it was a big deal at the time. And so I went down, sat and talked to Natasha for a few minutes. And I've got to say that the fact that I got to goal weight on my custom program on the home study version, I wasn't a one-on-one -on -one client with you. I did it with the home study version, you know, where you got to don't have Christy there breathing down your neck every second of the day, right? The coaching calls were enough motivation, but the fact that I got there on that home study version of the custom program went a long way with Natasha. It showed her that I was coachable and capable of getting results and taking action and things like that. So she said, if you want to do this, then I will accept you into the program. And I really wasn't anything to look at on paper. Christy, I didn't really have a business. I was kind of starting it, but it wasn't much. Unemployed. <laughs> and I was 
I'd have to spend five figures to work with her. And so it was, and, and she was kind of going too, cause she wanted to do right by me, but we did it. And if not for Code Red, which brought me to Unstoppable Influence and helped me get involved more in that, including my business coaches, then I just wouldn't be where I am. And so that's, that it really does tie into one thing that has helped me stay successful in maintenance, Christy, if, if I can share that. I've, I've got four things that I can talk about. Four years, four things. And this was the first one, which I got to my goal weight, right? So I was successful in that. I discovered by accident, now I do it on purpose, that keeping that success momentum going is critical. I think it is. It has been for me. Instead of just saying, I'm a goal. Now what? I'm I'm not really sure. So maybe I'll just gain my weight back. You know what I mean? Before you get into your four things, let me catch people up. So then you became a Code Red certified coach in our first round of coaching, Mm -hmm. which by the way, was another five figure investment. If I'm, if I remember right, uh, it was a very big, big investment to buy into code red. So you became a code red certified coach in the first round of coaching. So now you're really into code red and you work for code red, but when it comes to maintenance, I mean, people might think, Oh, well, she worked for code red that of course she was a coach. Of course she kept her weight off. No, not necessarily. You there, the four things you're going to share with us. It's not because you were a certified coach because you know, we've had a lot of coaches and leaders that have had problems with, with keeping their weight off because they're not, they haven't implemented the four things that you're going to talk to us about. Yeah. And that's exactly right. I, I can definitely see why people would say, Oh, well she's involved with code red. She's a certified coach. Of course she's keeping her weight off. No, <laughs> that's that connection definitely helps, but there's still some things that you have to work through in order to keep your weight off. And here's why all the, the stuff that happened in your brain and in your life that contributed to your brain's wiring. I've done a lot of research on the brain and how it works since I got to goal, especially the last couple of years, that stuff doesn't go anywhere. All right. And so a mistake a lot of us make is thinking that because we hit some milestone or some outcome that we're just going to be able to keep it just because we got it. And that's, I mean, (laughs) look at money, Christy, how many people actually keep the money they make, right? You don't keep something just because you work for it. You've got to keep working for it. And that, that relationship with keeping it versus getting it in the first place is a little different, but, and, and one of the ways that is that you've got to work on rewiring your brain. It is not just, it's a version of the diet mentality, Christy. You, we know that you cannot make that temporary change to lose your weight, then go back to the foods and habits and lifestyle choices that got you fat and sick in the first place and expect that you're going to keep the weight off. It makes zero sense logically, but there's so much quick fix diet pill and that gimmicky stuff and, and everybody loves convenience. So it's really convenient to think that, oh, I'm not going to have to do any work. I can just take this and I'll keep my weight off. And then I can go back to whatever I was doing. And no, it doesn't work that way. I've been with Code Red for four years. It doesn't work that way. All right. So th- that rewiring your brain and, and the way you do that is giving your brain new evidence. And there's a lot of ways to do that. Staying connected to Code Red Immersing in Code Red is how I have is, is one facet of how I've done it. I've also done work on myself outside of Code Red, Christy, because the me that gained the weight is not going to be the me who keeps it off. I've got to be a better version of me, a different version of me. It's still me. I still 
in a lot of ways feel like the person I was before Code Red. I still feel like me, not like an alien or something, but I'm a, a different me. And that's a big reason, one of the, the big four, four reasons in four years here, why, why I've been able to keep the weight off is I'm growing and um, becoming a different me by necessity. So what is that? Is that number one? Yes. So restate number one again. Number one is that you, the person who gained the weight is not going to be the person who keeps it off. I like that. Okay. I like that. I'm telling you, I'm thinking, I'm already thinking maybe we should turn this into a workbook. I can already <laughs> tell these are going to be good. All right. So we got number one. All right. What about number two? I'm anxious to hear this. Like I'm learning a lot. You're right about we rewiring your brain. We just, we lose the weight off our bodies, but we don't lose it off our minds. And we're still the same fat person inside of a skinny person's body and all that crap we thought we have to unlearn it. Yes. For when I first got to maintenance, I thought of myself, my, the fat me is fat Andrea for a little bit. I didn't need to keep doing that, but that's what I did at first to have some separation kind of instinctively. I wasn't really calculating about it, <laughs> but it works four years in maintenance so far. I just had a little separation and eventually I didn't need that, but at first I did. And that's that same thing. The, the you that gained the weight is not going to be the exact you that keeps it off. You've got to rewire that brain. And then the next thing that I did was I, I noticed that when you get to goal and you could say this about any big accomplishment, but when you get to goal, it's really exciting at first, right? Yes. I've worked so hard for this. I've put in this time, I've blah, blah, made these sacrifices and it's so exciting. And then the happy chemicals start to wear down as they do after a high, right? And then you start going, now what? I've lost the weight, now what? Because maintenance is very new territory for most people, Christy. If they spend any time there, it's briefly, I mean, maybe a couple of years, but typically there's people in the program who've been heavy their whole lives as long as they can remember. Maintenance is brand new territory. And that is freaky. That is freaky. It's it's like being dumped in a, a new country or something where you don't know the language and you don't know the customs and you're, what is going on here? And so <laughs> to get through that now what moment is key. And I will say that staying, again, staying connected to Code Red so that I had something to anchor to, Christy, because without something to anchor to, we've seen it. And I, I may have done this, I don't know, but you freak out. And just because it's in such an uncomfortable new place, you freak out and go back to your, your old ways just because they're familiar. Mm -hmm. They suck, and then, but they're familiar. And then you find yourself caught in this horrible place of knowing what to do and not doing it. Mm -hmm. And you just beat yourself up. It's awful, okay? I've had some experience with that in other areas of my life, not um, Code Red. So <laughs> it's horrible. And, and now what syndrome? So the way that I conquered now what syndrome is number one, to stay connected, okay? Number two was awareness that it was happening, that this was new territory, because I'm out of size. I haven't been since high school. And I had some context, but for, for what this was like, and it was great. But the people especially who don't even remember the last time they weighed this amount or have been heavy their whole lives, you have got to stay connected, have that awareness that what is happening, okay? You may be freaking out because this is new territory for you. 
So having that awareness, okay? And then the third thing, this isn't very sexy, Christy, but it's what you do. It's what people who are in really difficult situations do to get through them. You take it one day at a time. And we talk about this to people who are new to Code Red, right? Take it one minute at a time if you have to. Focusing on the present moment keeps you feeling stable. It's when you start looking out ahead at all the, oh my God, what if stuff that um, you freak yourself out and your brain has that opportunity to, to, oh my, my gosh, I'm outside my comfort zone. So just take it a day, a minute at a time, have awareness of what's happening. And you might need to be somebody who does some journaling or does a video diary, has a rebel friend that you just talk to, check in with other rebels, things like that, so that you can stay grounded while you get through the now what moment, because you will, just like with any transition in life, you will. Uh, going back for a second to number two, how long did that excitement last you? Because I know when I had won this award back here, this $10 million award, I was holding on to it for like, I don't know, maybe seven minutes. And I said, okay, what's the next award? You know, I mean, I've been working for three years on getting $10 million in revenue through one division of Code Red, which was a 10 pound takedown. The next award I think is 25 million. And all I could think about, okay, let's go with the 25 million. And so how long did that moment of elation, that moment of excitement last for you when you step on the scale and realize you had made gold? Goal, not gold. Gold <laughs> is gold, Christy. <laughs> um, yeah, Christy, and you're such a task-oriented person that that doesn't surprise me that you were there for seven minutes and you're all, oh, I'm done. For me, I'm task-oriented too. Not as much as you, but I would say a few, a month or so. There was, of course, that nothing beats that initial moment. I was actually a pound below goal when I stepped on the scale. I went from slightly above to a pound below. And so there was that initial moment. And so you're riding that high, I would say a month, give or take. And then the reality of maintenance started to settle in a little bit. And okay. This is for life now. I'm in this for the long haul. So I need to learn this and live this. And what do I do here? (laughs) So number one is is basically you need to reinvent yourself because the person you were when you were fat is not the same person you you can be when you're skinny. I know I just paraphrased it. Number two is what happens now. How did you say it? Now what? Now what? Number three, restate number three again. Okay. So number three, I touched on a little earlier. It's success momentum, I call it. So that's what I did when the the now what syndrome started settling in, when the elation of hitting goal and being in maintenance. And oh my gosh, when that, when the happy chemicals started coming down, success momentum. Okay. So I'm on this high that's, I feel so successful. I don't feel like a failure anymore. So what can I do to continue to be successful so that this feeling of being successful can carry me through because, and, and honestly, that you could apply this to anything long-term you're trying to do, Christy. I mean, we talk about once you get to maintenance and, and working out and growing a business, I mean, there's so many areas of life where this kind of thing applies, but we have these spikes of yes, and then we have these things where comes things come back down to reality, if you will. And, and I really think it's important to, to keep some ebb and flow with that and enjoy the the feeling of that, because the alternative is to just complacency sets in. Your old ways are right there waiting for you. Like I said, the, the person that you were and the person that you will be to keep the weight off are not the same person. And so, but that wiring doesn't just disappear because of a number on the scale. It's still there. 
So the success momentum continues to build space between that old wiring and where you are now. So it's just a way to, to create some distance there and then give that wiring time to start rewiring because it will, but you got to remember that it took a long time to wire that way. And then you spent years drilling it in with repetition. (laughs) And so it's not going to go anywhere on its own. Just knowing what to do isn't going to get rid of it. No. So could could success momentum be as small as just making your bed every morning? Something that's going to give you that reward, those reward signals or some, you know, when you want to build on it, you're like, I got to write a book. I mean, how big or how small are we talking about? Any kind of success, putting your dishes away, making your bed and folding the laundry, any kind of success? I think it depends on the person. For me, making the bed is, that's a great way to start the day, but it was not enough to offset fat Andrea. I would say getting out of, continuing to get out of your comfort zone. Goal weight is out of your comfort zone. So when now what syndrome sets in, it's because you're starting to settle into that new comfort zone of goal weight. It might just be a little dinky bit and it might take you longer than a month. That was just me. If you had 200 pounds to lose, it probably will for example, but getting outside that comfort zone and celebrating the new you as in, or or the you that you always were under all the darkness, if you will, however you want to look at it. But so if you, for example, we've had rebels who got too heavy to ride their horse, get back on the horse, literally get back on the horse. The last time you went on a hike, you had a cane and you couldn't keep up. You had to stop and rest every five minutes and it was agony get out there and go on a hike. I remember there was a a rebel named Jennifer who went back to Disneyland and 160 pounds ago, she had to lie on these public benches at Disneyland and take a nap because she was so tired. Yeah. And so go back, which she did, go back to Disneyland as at your new size and with all your energy and your vibrancy and your health and find ways to celebrate the new you so that 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 anchors in and starts to rewire. You've spent so much time as a person with a weight problem. That has been your identity for so long. You've got to create a new identity. This success momentum is is a way to do that by celebrating your success, doing things that, I mean, celebrating your success is something I have had such resistance to, Christy. (laughs) Just, but it really does make a difference. It triggers those happy chemicals. It gives your nervous system feedback that this is what we want. All right. So success momentum, and it could be something as small as making the bed that if you're not doing that might be enough. Yes. Look at that bed. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love this. I love coming to bed and seeing the clean organized. That might be enough. You might need to do some more. It's just going to depend on you. But as you're listening to me talk, you probably have some idea of what you want to do to start with. So if you're not sure where to start by doing the things that you were too ashamed to do, too embarrassed to do, not confident enough to do, could not physically do. I like those. Before you were. I like those. uh, Those are really good. So tell us number four. All right. So number four, (laughs) face your demons. Face your demons. demons. Like I said, the stuff that contributed to your obesity and and illness and and that low place that you got to, the the obesity and and the eating poorly and things, Christy, that we know those are symptoms, right? They're not causes. They're symptoms of something being off with you in, in a lot of ways. And so that stuff that was off going through the process of getting to goal will definitely help. 
but it's just the first step. Okay. And you talk a lot, Christy, about getting your head out of the sand and being honest with yourself. Okay. Facing your demons is another way to do that. And it's, I'm going to be honest with you guys. It's not going to be pretty. Sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable. All right. It has been uncomfortable for me, but when I come out the other side, no matter how grueling it was, I am stronger. I am more the goal weight, Andrea, and I feel more confident. I am more rewired. It is a a journey. It is a process and you do it. So I look for ways to face my demons. Like when I went zip lining last year. Mm. Yeah. I am terrified of heights, Christy. I felt I was, Carrie told me that I was pale most of the time, white as a ghost. I was clinging on to tree branches and we were up in that really tall tree. You remember super tall tree and that little perch up there and whenever the wind blew, the tree wiggled and I'm turning white just thinking about it. And I'm just holding on to that chain. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. But I did it. I still did it. And it was fun to actually go and that free feel, that free fall feeling hooked to something (laughs) was really fun. But that That was facing a demon. I'm still scared of heights, but I wanted to prove to myself that I can face them. And so your demons could be anything. It could be something small, like, for example, I'm an introvert, Christy, and a lot of introverts use that as an excuse not to go to social situations that make them uncomfortable. And I get it, believe me, I get it. But it's just another excuse. Doing a video like this, oh, it's Christy Code Red, oh, I mean just calm down. So there's a lot of things that you can face, a lot of demons you can face. And it's not necessarily with the intent of conquering them. It's with the intent of facing them so that you know you can if you have to. And um, another way to look at that might be to to push yourself to, that might be kind of aggressive for some people. I know that resonates with you and it resonates with me, Christy, but face your demons. They are there and they're not going anywhere. And and the longer that you go without facing them, the more power they have over you. And you don't want that because it will, it it can very likely be a factor in gaining your way back. So you've talked about four very deep, in my opinion, mental aspects of weight of maintenance, as opposed to weight loss, keeping your weight off. Mm -hmm. What about the stuff that has taken place in your house? I don't know, like not letting sugar come in your house or staying hydrated or staying on the scale. Did you have to adopt any of those more simple things, day-to-day habits? Definitely. Those are where I started. It's getting on the scale every day. I have not missed a weigh-in. I even, I think I forgot to submit my weight to you one time in four years, Christy. And I just, I thought about it and got busy and crap, but I've gotten on that scale every morning and there were days I did not want to. (laughs) And I want to make it clear for everybody that uh, my success in maintenance is not because I switch flipped at goal and suddenly I was this perfect princess who never did anything wrong ever again. No, it's because when my demons came up, including the ones related to emotional eating, I tend to eat to avoid things that freak me out, test uncertainty, stuff like that. So these, like I said, these things are still waiting for you here. And by getting on the scale, getting the foods that you are the trigger foods that you're going to have a hard time staying out of and the sugar for sure. And those maintenance strategies, getting on the scale, I get my water in every day still. So those core fundamental maintenance strategies, the measures that you put in place, absolutely. That was the foundation that still is the foundation and all the rest is built on that. 
So I know that you've had some health problems in the past. You're allergic to, you know, some autoimmune, some autoimmune mild, well, mild now that you don't eat that crap anymore, but some pretty, pretty major health autoimmune issues and that you are aware of and that certain foods you avoid now, even in maintenance, it's just not worth it to you. It just flare, it flares you up way too bad. It causes pretty bad things that happen inside of you. But I have noticed that you are not fearful of food. We've been together a lot for different things, including you coming over my house and eating at my house and mm -hmm. it, fear. You just mm -hmm. don't have this fear of a eating in front of me, but B just eating. You don't have like, you're not overly um, uptight about it. You really mm -hmm. kind of eat you. It's you're very relaxed about food, not relaxed as far as you relax the rules, but you just don't get, you don't get worried about it. It doesn't control you anymore. No, it doesn't. And um, that's so funny. I remember the first time I ate in front of you and I had four code red waffles and several pieces of bacon and it just didn't occur to me to be ashamed to eat in front of you. I'm not sure why, but no. And I've in maintenance for four years. Part of that journey is learning to reintroduce foods if you want and not freak out about it and, and navigate that so you can make this a long lifestyle like it's intended and, and so, yeah, I'm very relaxed. That has come with time and that has come with facing the demons. So there's that. So this is a bad food thing that we all have before. I mean, it's just thrown out there, bad calories, bad food, good and bad food, those labels ditch them. Ditch. And so, but yeah, reintroducing things that were pretty that are pretty healthy, but we just avoid them in weight loss mode. I mean, they're not terrible. We're not talking about sugar and gluten, which gluten is a not worth it food for me. But yeah, that came with time. And that also came with doing it. So a lot of people are scared to reintroduce foods when they get to maintenance. And I, I get it. <laughs> I'm not here because I don't get it. I'm here because I faced it and um, just practiced at it. And Christy, your maintenance strategy is couldn't be simpler for reintroducing foods. You talk about it a little in your book. And it's so simple. The anything that makes that hard is happening 100% up here. So, and yes, I if I want to go have some sweet potato fries once in a while, I will. And then if my weight goes up, I get it back off. I drink my water. I get on the scale. Yeah, the basics. The basic stuff. I had a question, and then I did. I'm. Complete. This happens to me all the time. I have these questions and I, and then they be about, you know, uh, I think Andrea gave you four guys, four really great rules and things to work on. I don't know what rules, but guidelines, rules, strategies, I guess we can call it. I think we should take this and, and make something out of it make a whole video series teaching. I mean, you guys are getting it for free on the podcast, but imagine this is really something we all need to deep dive into. Why do you suppose, Andrea, people regain their weight? I mean, There's, you obviously uh, restated four things yeah, that people, um, you know, obviously aside from those you have, cause I've done a, I've done a, a podcast on the weight regain and every single coach and leader who's ever left code red has regained their weight. And I, it's always baffling to me. Yeah, it's, it is, it is, but it's also not because I've had those moments. You're such a black and white person, Christy. And I see the world I am in some ways, but I also see the world in a lot of shades of gray. So I think it's less of a stretch for me to kind of tap into that. But I have faced all the situations where someone could use as an excuse to gain their weight back, losing my job. Could use that to go off the rails and gain back what I'd lost on my custom program, which was over 10 pounds by that point in two weeks. 
and I'm a small person, so it just came right off. Um, I could have COVID. I could have used the pandemic as a reason to gain weight. I did not. But I'm not trying to sound like I'm better than everybody. I'm thinking through why. I'm, I'm sharing that I've faced these different things. I've had problems in relationships. I've moved. I've had anxiety. I've had cha- financial challenges, taxes. I know that's one of your favorites too. There's just family squabbles. There's just been so many things that, yes, I could have used as reasons to completely go off the rails and gain my weight back. And some of them I did struggle in the moment. I, it, it, they were each these little moments of truth some more than others. But I would say for me, the thing that made the most difference, two things actually, and one is more relatable to to everyone than other. One is my personal mission, Christy, which I discovered a couple years into Code Red, and that's to facilitate hope and healing in the world that is actually in your mission statement, which is hilarious, but, and just perfect. But I think part of that for me is facilitating hope and healing within myself. And so gaining my weight back would be the opposite of that, not only for the physical reason, but for the, what it represents, what our weight represents before we lose it. And then the second reason, and this one's going to be a little more relatable for most people, is that I worked on myself. It really, all these four strategies that I've shared are all forms of working on myself, because as we established, the you that gained the weight is not going to be the you that keeps it off. You have got to grow. You've got to grow out of the fat you and into the new you or the the you that you were always meant to be. Some people resonate more with one of those than others. You've got to grow into that person and it is not going to happen automatically. It is something you have to be pro active on. And I have been proactive on that the whole time I've been a rebel, Christy, from day one, I was already, and then I continued through early maintenance. I continued the year after that, the year after that, this year I worked on myself. It is a journey of self mastery, if you will. And that sounds really grandiose, but there's simple things you can do, simple things you can do grow yourself into the person who can keep the weight off. It will not happen by itself. I cannot stress that enough. The people who gain their weight back, they're not growing into the person who can keep it off, in my opinion. Well, you guys, this was absolutely jam-packed, full of very useful, very relatable information and a lot of tips that you can absolutely implement now if you're in maintenance now or start thinking about for the future, even if you're in weight loss right now. So Andrea, thank you so much for coming on Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle and talk to us about four years later. Because guys, we don't have a weight loss problem in this country. I'll say it again. We have a weight regain problem. And Andrea knew this going into it and she was bound to determine And I've never seen anybody work on themselves more than Andrea. She's always taking courses. She's getting coaching. She's always working on herself. So thank you, Andrea, so much for coming on here. I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Christy. I'm honored to be here to to help my wonderful fellow rebels and to spread the message. The 10 pound takedown challenge is always the best place to get started with code red 10 pound takedown.com. We have rolling monthly challenges. We'd love to have you on it and we will see you next time on rebel weight loss and lifestyle. You guys take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of rebel weight loss and lifestyle. If you're not subscribed already, please be sure to do that right now. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would love it. If you could do me a quick favor and rate and review this podcast, that would be just so helpful. 
Speaking of help, let me know if I can help you. Go to coderedlifestyle.com, check out my programs and see what we can do for you. Until next time, rebel on.